With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Welcome, everyone, to another interesting week uh, in the whole COVID-19 virus situation. Uh, this is the Better Than Before show. I'm your host, Tony Richards. We've got a great show for you today. My friend Meredith Haynes, who is a media and communications expert, will be on the show with me. And we're going to talk about communications plans, specifically crisis communications and no matter if you're a large organization, a medium, or a small, you need to continue to communicate with your customers and employees, especially during a situation like this. And we're going to talk about that. And also, I've got uh, some more tips, six more tips for business leaders during this coronavirus situation. That's all coming up on the Better Than Before show, brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. I'll be right along with Meredith Haynes after this. Friends, in these unprecedented times, your University Subaru family hopes that you and yours are secure and safe. We're open and working within the parameters of the stay-at-home order. Service and parts are open as usual, and the sales department is open via email and internet. We can discuss features, options, and pricing, and even come to agreements over the phone or internet. Visit our website, click internet pricing, or give us a call. And right now, get 0% APR financing for 63 months on most 2020 new Subaru vehicles. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to the Better Than Before show. I'm your host, Tony Richards. Meredith Haynes is joining me today. Uh, she's my longtime friend, and she's an active journalist for the last 20 years. And she's seen from the front lines the missteps and achievements companies, organizations, and civic leaders 
have made when facing a crisis. She's turned those years of experience and offers her expertise to those looking to improve their communication efforts with their employees, their industry, and their customers. In the world we're living in today, planning for the good, the bad, and the ugly is an absolute must. We find ourselves in a situation today where communication is extremely important and stuff we didn't even plan for, uh, or, or can we? And uh, Meredith is joining me. We're all in our homes uh, on this podcast again. I'm here Chief Producer Williams at his house, and Meredith is at her house, and she told me to mention that she has two children because we may hear from them. <laughs> I've totally locked them into a room with their tablets and headsets. <laughs> well, you, you never know. They may have a question for you. So um, I have Oreo and Davey, the Blue Healer dogs here, so we're not too worried about interruptions. All right, perfect. We're going to talk crisis communications here for a few minutes. And uh, before, before we get started, thanks a lot for making time for this today. You're welcome. I, anything for you. Sure. And um, we uh, have planned on working together for quite some time, so I'm glad we could do this together. I want to start off by asking you, how has this whole coronavirus thing affected you and your family? Um, I mean, we're now trying to balance work and life and school all at the same time. I've definitely had to learn how to let go and as a type A control freak, that is a very hard thing to do. But um, so far we're healthy. My immediate family is healthy. My dear friends are healthy. Um, the closest we have gotten a teacher in my son's school was diagnosed two days after they got out. So we were nervous, but we've, we have hit the 14 day mark with that announcement and nobody has had symptoms that I have heard at, of other than the teacher. Um, so we're breathing a little easier, just, you know, that extra precaution and slowing down. It's been kind of nice in some ways. Mm -hmm. Has your whole family remained safe during all this? Yeah, um, my, my workplace um, has really put some stringent restrictions in place, but it's for the good of the company and the health of the employees, but it's, we're all learning how to balance that. Um, my husband is an essential business. He's going in, but he has little to no contact with people, so that also is kind of calming for us, but we're, we're still moving. We're one of the lucky ones. We both still have, you know, the jobs, um, still feel secure. So I think that's a, a little bit less of a stress for us than some other people are facing. So Meredith, uh, just for the audience, I mentioned in her bio, her lengthy uh, career in the media, she was on television for a long time. She's been in radio. Um, and, um, these days, she is a communications director for a um, electrical co-op, but she also uh, works with companies on their communication plans. And so who in the world would have planned for a pandemic to be part of their communication plans? I mean, I feel like a lot of people are just scrambling and making it up as they go. What, 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 what can they be doing now? Well, and, and I do think there are probably several industries out there that do have plans for pandemics. When you think of hospitals and military, they have a plan. I just don't know if some companies ever expected it to be at this level or moving this fast. But I do, I do think there are chunks of people out there 
that had this in their repertoire and probably just never, ever expected to use it. The majority, when you think about the mom and pops, retail, grocery stores, these are places that probably never thought they were going to have to talk about a pandemic or being shut down for an unforeseeable amount of time and their livelihood being at risk. I mean, I just keep seeing retailers having to furlough all of their employees. Malls are shut down. People who have spent 30 years working for one company are now without a job. And so I think a lot of this is coming really fast at people and they didn't have it in their organization. And now they're literally making it up right now on the spot. Well, you know, of course, you know, um, bigger companies and the Fortune 500, I'm sure, have this on the shelf. But, you know, retail uh, restaurants where the margins are very razor thin. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a tough time. I'm glad they've been able to continue to deliver or have takeout. But retail, uh, whatever is in that non-essential classification, I'm, that is a tough deal right now. So part of the thing that they're probably sitting down and doing is I think financials for them, you know, is a big concern and they're trying to swing. How can I still keep my business running? You know, for retail, that's a much harder. I have seen some groups come online, you know, now they're offering a different way to shop online for clothes. They're offering maybe more style options, you know, hey, we'll dress you, we'll mail you stuff. I think there are some companies who've made that adjustment, but they've also run into roadblocks of actually getting stock, you know, with with China being shut down and the problems that they're doing. You know, there are some retailers who are, they don't have their spring line and never made it. And even though they're closed down, now they're facing that problem of, I don't even have the items to put on, even if we open tomorrow, I may not be stocked <laughs> and ready to go. I think one thing right now that everybody is sitting down is they're revamping how they can actually do business. Um, and maybe their communication is is now taking, you know, a back road. But I just really encourage everybody to keep the, do not go silent. Keep your communication channels open right now. Keep talking. There really isn't I'm not going to say there aren't right and wrong answers because there are right and wrong things to do. But right now, the worst thing you could do is just completely close down and not have conversations with your clients, your industry, your employees. So if I'm a business owner, let's say, and I didn't have a plan for this, um, you're, you're saying that I need to put some thought and some elbow grease into it because it's never too late to begin communicating, right? It's, it's never. Um, when I think of communication, I always think of a tree. Um, for, for me, that's just always been an easy way to think of it. And I think of all of the messages. So the feedback you're getting from the outside world whether it's your family and friends, whether it's customers, whether it's industry leaders, whether it's the the local governments and the state and the federal governments, you have a lot of messages and information that's coming at you right now. And I think of those as kind of like the water and the nutrients. And the roots are all of those messages that you need to somehow get them up to the leaves. And the leaves are all of those constituents. And so I think of the trunk as your communications team. And each of the branches are all your different types of messaging platforms. 
I work in a business where we even have an automated message. So when somebody calls, they're going to get an automated message. Even something that small can contain a message that you need to get out to people. So you need to sit down and think of all the ways that you communicate. Do you do mailers? Do you do email? Do you have social media? Do you have a website? Um, you need to identify your messaging channels. You need to identify your messages. And then you have to figure out who on your team is responsible for getting that message from the roots to the leaves. And so you designate, you know, you may have somebody who is specialized in social media. You may have somebody who is specialized in web content and you need to organize the message, figure out what needs to be contained in that message. You need to be answering all of those concerns and questions that are coming in. You've now added all of your information and knowledge and experience you've put this message together and now you need to get it back out. This is something that it really, I mean, if you have an hour and I know these days time just seems to be awkward. It goes really fast in some moments, really slow in other moments, but a good hour of sitting down and just stopping and organizing all the chaos, putting it on a piece of paper. What are the messages? What do I need to turn those into? How am I getting out? Who is getting it out for me? And then you move forward. You've got your plan. You have a communications plan right there in front of you. Well, and you, you need to stay engaged also during this time because if you disengage, negativity is going to um, rule your mind. Um, you're going to spend too much time with uh, trauma on television and some things like that. So staying engaged. Um, you know, and I, I have a hard time convincing some of my more, um, let's say active extroverted clients into the fact that you will feel better with a plan, right? It, it changes your feelings and your mindset. It's kind of like the people who say they can't go to sleep at night. Sometimes you have to write all of those thoughts, just get them out of your head and then you're calmer. And it, you have a lot of chaos in your head. It's the same idea that, you know, organized people like to throw out there making lists. Well, it builds, it builds confidence too. Yeah. If you have a list that starts your day and you can check those items off that you've, that you've conquered, you feel like you're in more control. And right now I think we're so out of control. We're looking for anything to be in control. Creating that plan is going to help calm you down. You know, when we've talked about this before, we've talked about communications plans um, at various times in our conversations. I love that you compare it to a retirement or emergency money fund having a crisis plan. You have to have one. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people say, well, this is never going to happen again, right? You know, like this is, this, <laughs> this is never going to happen again. But the thing is, is we don't know what's coming down next. We almost always have a recession. You know, if you look in the past, recessions come and go. Markets are strong. Markets are weak. Um, you always have to have that unexpected plan. And here's the thing. Even if another pandemic doesn't hit in our lifetime, let's say you have a storefront and a car comes crashing through your storefront 
Well, guess what? You're going to be shut down while you deal with insurance, clean up the mess, rebuild, figure out how financially this is all going to work. Guess what? That's a crisis. It's not a worldwide pandemic, but it is going to be a crisis. In communications, a crisis can be something that's just out of the norm, and that fits into your crisis plan. It's it's almost like a one size fits all. When you create it, you can use it for small things, large things. So so have one, make one, keep it on the keep it on your your nightstands. Well, and you you know sometimes we assume that bigger organizations are masters at these sorts of things, but we saw a few years ago when the university had a crisis how that kind of went off the rails, right? So it can ha- it can happen to anybody. Um, you know, I I have I it's very easy sometimes to be on the outside. I I think sometimes your higher ups communicators are rarely in the top tier of decision making. We almost always are the ones who get the information, and then have to figure out okay you know, leaders have made these decisions. Now we need to figure out how to best assimilate that information and get it out. Rarely do they come to communicators and go, hey, you know, this is kind of getting out of control. What should we be considering and doing in our decision-making? Communicators hold a lot of keys. We understand how a certain action or a lack of action, a certain message is going to affect the people who are viewing this situation. And I I encourage everyone right now, if you haven't already pulled your communicators in, you need to do it. You need to start talking to them and getting feedback and listening and understanding to your decisions and how that's going to look. Plus it gives them more time knowing that you're going to make this decision, they can already start working on that crisis management for that little piece of information. The sooner communicators know the information, the better. Yeah, it helps you control the conversation too, because, you know, people are like, well, I heard so-and-so company laid off all their employees or Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And if you are, if you're cooperating, collaborating, then you can help control that conversation. I've always said I have seen so many people sit on the sidelines and they just hope nobody catches wind. An employee doesn't talk. A friend doesn't say something. They just, they just sit and wait and say, well, let's just hope the media doesn't find out. No, because once the media, the first person who talks sets the tone. So you as a company need to set the tone. It puts you in control of the information. So don't just sit and wait and see, oh, maybe this will just blow over. That's not the way to do it. The more transparent, especially right now, the more transparent and honest you are, I think it's, it's better. I think you're experiencing GM right now is laying off a bunch of workers and the workers are now striking saying, let us work, let us make ventilators. What are you doing? And now they have unions. They just got done with a strike. And now you have these unions mad that GM isn't doing more for the country um, when their competitor Ford has already stepped up and said, yeah, we're going to make ventilators. Let's do this. Um, But yet GM is one of those companies, you know, they're super large, 
Um, but I think they have always been one of the worst communicators I think I've seen in, in past years. I don't think they take their communication seriously, and I really wish they would. Yeah, and it surprises me, too, because I've always been a Mary Barra fan. I mean, I've always thought she was really good at her job. Um, that might be an area where she, ha I mean, we all have things to work on. So that might be an area she really needs to to focus on in, in her company. So, well, and right now it may be that they're just not being honest. Maybe the strike, they haven't bounced back and the company's going to go under if they do this. Like, I don't think they're sharing all their information on why they're making the decision that they are. They may be making a very smart business decision, but they're not sharing that information with the rest of the world or even with their employees. And that's where I think they're not using their communications team well enough is I still don't understand why. So they've left me hanging as an American going, okay, we need to help our healthcare system somehow. And I don't have that capability. I can't make a ventilator at home. So that's an example of somebody who may not be doing a very good job or maybe fumbling Who's a, where's a good role model we could look at? You know what? Um, so it, it sounds funny when I was, when I wrote this uh, question to you, I was like, wow, I'm, this is going to almost sound like a brag on my family. <laughs> I actually have, I think schools, I think the healthcare system, and I think local governments, I can't say the federal government, um, but local governments, I think are doing some state governments are impressing me a little bit, but I think local governments seem to be making some of the better communication choices and decisions um, versus states. Um, some states have done well, others haven't. But I have a brother who works for state government for the state of Washington. I have a sister who is a communicator for a healthcare system in Florida. And I, and I have another sister who is an assistant principal of an elementary school here in the state of Missouri. And we've kind of all had conversations. My, my sister in Florida in the healthcare system, I don't think she ever expected, you know, conversations, phone calls, letters to lawmakers begging them to take action. I don't know if that was ever in a communications plan that they had thought of before. Um, the school systems, I think, are really impressing me because they have had to take learning and some of these places have had little to no, I mean, they've done it in less than a week and they have taken learning and shove that into an online atmosphere for kids and families. And they, they are solving that really quick. They are figuring out how to use buses to deliver meals to kids who otherwise would go hungry because their only meal is at school. It's keeping their food service workers employed. It's keeping their bus drivers employed. They have found a way to solve those problems immediately right there. Um, so I, I think those are some good examples. And then you have, you know, Target, I think has just really impressed how they're doing it. They, they've announced that I think that they are giving raises and covering healthcare costs for their workers who are still working in stores. Aldi, I think is, is delivering bonuses for employees that are still going to work because they're considered essential. I think some companies have been able to step up and really show what it is to, to, they're excelling, I think, at, at altering their plans. I know a communicator for one of the larger cities here in the state of Missouri 
and he was joking that he couldn't get his strategic communications plan. He was the, his spring goal was to get his strategic communications plan updated. And he's like, I can't do it now. Everything is just COVID-19. And we were kind of joking with him. We're like, let it go, Chris. <laughs> let it go. So I think local governments, schools, and the healthcare system um, are, are, I think they're the ones that I keep going back to. And I'm, I'm impressed with all of the trials and um, tribulations that I just keep thinking they're, they're being really successful at it right now. They're impressing me. I'm so proud of them. So it feels like we're kind of on a roller coaster with all this stuff right now. So what's the best rule of thumb I need to keep in mind? Be fluid. There is there. This is the situation where maybe as a business, you know, you really had your heart set on making a goal, um, achieving a, that next level in your business. Be fluid. Tomorrow, you may have no COVID-19 infected employee and 24 hours after that, you have three people. I think you have to start telling yourself that the unexpected is going to happen and as many ideas as you can put on paper, go for it. Start thinking about all those things that can go wrong, but at the same time, don't kick yourself when you didn't think of the one thing that is going to go wrong. Um, be fluid, get help. If you need advice, talk to people in your fellow business, start looking around and seeing what other people are doing. I kind of was joking with a coworker of mine that I don't even read. I, I almost every place that has my email address has sent me an email about COVID-19 and I've deleted the majority of them without ever opening them. Um, I appreciate it, but I don't really need my retailer and COVID-19. I'm not going there right now. And so um, I, I don't even read it. I don't, I, I don't even open it because it's not it. I have too much other stuff going on. So don't be insulted if you're not getting a lot of feedback. Um, if you're a non-essential business right now, keep those communication lines open. But at the same time, um, be fluid. It, it just, you have your plan in place. That's a good guideline, but don't glue yourself to it. Yeah. I'm sitting in on some conference calls that some of my clients are having with their managers. And, um, you know, there, I have one client that's doing three conference calls a day. They're doing one in the morning, one at midday and one at the end of the day. And they just, they just say at the end of every conference call, we'll talk to you at the next conference call. Everything could be different by then. You know, it really could. You cannot look at this situation right now and expect yourself to nail it. You're not going to get a hundred percent on this. It, there, it, there's no way that this is happening. Um, I think we've already seen plenty of people take missteps. Um, you know, I think there was, it was it in West Virginia or Virginia, uh, a university president's like, oh, you know what? This, everybody's overreacting. We took two weeks off. Everybody come back. And within days, he had 12 students with COVID-19. I, I totally understand. Whether you believe the severity of the situation or don't believe the severity of the situation, I highly encourage err on the side of caution. <clears throat> Even if this is something that 
you think is being blown out of proportion, do not drag your business into that thinking. That is a personal thought. I need you to think in the business realm. Um, and as a business person, I think you have to read all the messages that are coming in. And this is vitally important to pay attention to. And you have to take your personal feelings out of it. Yeah. And I think you need to focus on the things that you can control. And there are plenty of things you can't. And this is one thing you can. And so um, just one more thought here. And that is as a communications professional, looking back on the situation, is there anything you wish you would have prepared and done that you didn't do? Luckily, we had a crisis communications plan in place. And the company that I worked for moved pretty fast, pretty early. And I, I think for me, I'm feeling good. We're, we've been on top of it. We've been addressing it. Um, so far, I'm proud of the work I've been involved in. Um, I, I would say for people who took a little longer, I, I think they might be kicking themselves a little bit. Um, it's always hard to be the first person to take that, hey, we're shutting down. Um, it's, it's risky. Um, every, you know, the next time the situation, you could have been overreacting and maybe you lost some money. Um, but I think so far, being out front of this thing has been best for, for everyone. Um, taking it seriously. And, and again, I'm not saying that was an easy decision. There were people on both sides of the aisle. Um, I, I've heard my brother have conversations about state officials in Washington and the conversations. You know, they would sit on teleconference and discuss this. And um, there were just enough people who spoke up, you know, because a lot of people were comparing this to the flu. And there were enough people who were saying, yeah, but have you ever seen the flu take out 20 people in a nursing home in two days? And there's enough people who kind of were able to see this and view this widely and look at it differently. And I think those people have really benefited the companies who listened to them. Um, as a communicator, sometimes you have to fight to get um, the leadership to do what needs to be done. Um, and I'm, I'm really proud that um, the leaders that I'm working with seem to be making, while it may seem like crazy ideas, that the safety and the health. Um, I work for an electric utility and we are a vital role in people's lives right now. And they have gone as far to identify if we lost 60% of our employees, can we still keep up and running? Um, so they've even looked at like, what are the essentials that we need and how do we keep enough people safe and healthy that we can still do our jobs? Um, I think it takes great effort in making hard decisions. And so far, what I've been a part of, I, I think it's scary, but um, so far so good. I think other people who are still lagging behind on communication, they need to step it up. They need, they need to start. It's, it's time. Well, you've got Todd Cully, you got Laura Baker and a few others, uh, including yourself that just make up a great team over there and no surprise that you guys were on top of it. Now, um, I know there's probably going to be people who are want to kind of want to contact you for some thoughts, tips, or maybe even uh, get you to help them. So I'm going to talk about how they can get in touch with you in just a second. But 
every guest that comes on the show, I have a list of 12 rapid fire questions I ask at the end of every interview. These are going to be easy for you. You didn't warn me about this. No, I, I, I try not to. Um, now I do have, I do have some guests that go and listen to previous podcasts just so they can know what's coming. But, um, I, I just want the things that just pop off the top of your head. Okay. Okay. All right. Here's the first one. What is the best memory that immediately comes to mind for you? The best memory that immediately comes to mind for me. Yeah. I think I had a dozen fly through. Um, so I gotta pick one. Um, I mean, I hate to say it's kind of sad, but I think my kids being born, those are, those are pretty spectacular. That's awesome. And what are your children's names? I have steel, like a steel beam, uh, spelled a little, it's spelled more like the last name, uh, and then Finley, but we call her Finn. Gotcha. Who's the number one hero in your life? Oh, my parents. What are their names? Uh, Diana and Rick. Wonderful. And they live in Palmyra, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's the top value you subscribe to? Honesty. Who's the most important person in your life? My kids. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite thing in the whole world? Sun. Like S-U-N, right? Yes. Like I absolutely, um, I am a miserable person in winter. Miserable. This is a particularly, on this day that we're doing this, this is a particularly nice day for you. Yes, I truly believe the sun just gives me life. <laughs> yep. What's your favorite food? I'm kind of a health nut. So anything that falls into the healthy realm, I mean, I hate to say this, but I, I really like, um, there's a marinated kale bowl in town that I just love. <laughs> okay, wonderful. The most beautiful place you've ever been to? I might have to go with Montana. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. I love beaches. Um, I've been to several beaches. I mean, Belize was beautiful. I don't know. I think Montana, there was, there's something about it. It's gorgeous. Majestic, right? It is. It is. If you could describe success in one word, what would that word be? Self-satisfaction. Technically it's a hyphenated word, but it still counts. <laughs> Yep. How do you want to be remembered? Wow. Um, I really hope, uh, you asked my core value is honest. I really hope um, that that's it. I think I, when I leave this earth, I, I hope that is the moral that I have spread to everybody I have touched is I just truly believe honesty would lessen a lot of problems in the world. If we could just sit down and talk and be honest about things and not hide. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying you have to be brutally honest and, and crush people's, you know, um, in souls. <laughs> but I think, think it's worth sitting down and saying, hey, as a coworker, you know, I don't think you and I really fit, but I am excited to move forward and find ways for us to use each other's strengths. Um, and then that's just done. Yeah, I like that. If you could go back and talk to a young Meredith, what advice would you give her? Don't let outside influences change your mind. I like it. What's your favorite sound? <gasps> Baby's laughing. 
<laughs> you just know that like little cooing belly laugh. I mean, just that deep rolling giggle that babies give you. They are, they are untouched. It is like one, of the, to me, it's one of the most pure sounds. Last one. What do you, uh, what would you say is the best lesson you've learned? Uh, I would have to go back to the, what I told, what I would tell myself as a young person that outside influences can lead you down a path that's not truly for you. And I'm trying to be more and more true to what I need as a human being and who I am as a person. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've started to make decisions without talking to family and friends because I know myself and I listen to advice of others. And, you know, sometimes I just should have stayed on the path that originally I was on. Um, so I, I would say that's my, that's still probably that. Yeah. Okay, great. We were visiting with Meredith Hainis about crisis communications today. If there's a CEO, a business owner, somebody out there that needs help with some of these things we've been talking about today, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I think everybody has access to that. So that's probably the easiest way is you can find me on LinkedIn. And just so anybody knows, um, you can go and find like a, a pretty basic, almost like a fill in the blank. You know how you can find a fill in the blank will? You can find communications plans online and, you know, kind of fill it. You know, that's your starting point. If you really are still concerned about putting those words on paper or building something, you can go find a blank one. and you know, fill it, tweak it to make it fit for you. But it's a good, it's a good guided start too. Well, I know you've uh, got a lot going on and, and you're trying to stay in the game and everything from home as we all are. So thanks for carving out a little time for me today. I, it was, I, I hope everything sounded hopeful. I want everybody to have hope in this. It's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Yes, I agree. Thanks, Meredith. You're welcome, Tony. All right, I've got a leadership and business lesson during this crazy time coming up for you next on Better Than Before. Friends, in these unprecedented times, your University Subaru family hopes that you and yours are secure and safe. We're open and working within the parameters of the stay-at-home order. Service and parts are open as usual, and the sales department is open via email and internet. We can discuss features, options, and pricing, and even come to agreements over the phone or internet. Visit our website, click internet pricing, or give us a call. And right now, get 0% APR financing for 63 months on most 2020 new Subaru vehicles. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, and I've got six more tips 
for you uh, as a business leader in this coronavirus situation that we're all living with these days. And I thought I would, you know, give you some more uh, information, ammunition that you can use in your business. And as we talked about earlier uh, during our special guest interview about crisis communications, number one is everyone needs talking time. So talk, 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 talk some more, right? Humans are not designed to think their way out of things. Strategies, depression, fear, ideas. We need to talk it out a lot of times. Customers need to talk. Vendors need to talk, employees need to talk. So a very interesting and powerful key performance indicator that you could have right now uh, as a business leader is how many minutes of talk time, and I'm not talking about emails and texts, I'm talking about actual conversation. How many minutes of talk time you get with colleagues, advisors, friends, customers, extended family every single day and you need to dramatically increase the amount of talk time in your life because you need voices. You need voices of familiarity. You need voices of hope. You need voices of expertise. You'll do them. You'll do yourself a huge favor because uh, you remember there used to be a show, a game show on television, uh, and it was a, a quiz kind of show. And if they got stuck, they could phone a friend and they could get the answer from somebody they thought would know the answer. And that's what you need right now. You need some phone a friend uh, minutes because you'll feel better connecting versus just sticking your head in the sand and hiding and hunkering down and being totally quarantined. And my guess is you'll probably sleep a little better too if you stay connected and you stay uh, communicative and talking because you know, when we're in our homes or wherever we are, we, and when we're alone, it, it will literally cause us to hold things in, right? Our inner world and our outer world are very closely connected. So this is very important work that you have to do in this leadership position right now to keep the conversations flowing and going. And um, some leaders I know are they're in defense mode. Others have moved to offense. They've they've decided to attack this thing head on. And the way to figure all this out is having enough talk time so that you vet these ideas and strategies and you connect with people. Um, and don't forget too, there are five F's that you need to really consider, especially during this time: your faith, your family your friends, your fitness, and your finances. I'll repeat those five Fs again real quick. Your faith, your family, your friends, your fitness, and your finances. You need to make those five priorities priorities, right? And, um, you know, let the love flow. Number two, the economic rescue package that's been designed and ratified so there's a multi-trillion dollar U.S. economic rescue package that has passed the Senate and um, other countries in the world are sponsoring similar rescue packages. So here's a priority for you. You need to assign, if it's not going to be you and you can't do everything, right? You need to assign someone in your company the accountability to gather track and help people understand uh, what parts of this uh, aid is uh, it belongs to you, right? And how your company might be able to utilize it. 
So um, Whitney Coker, our associate producer, will put a link uh, in our podcast notes where you can go and get some more information on this uh, rescue package uh, where it pertains to you and you can get more information on it. But the key point that I want to stress is somebody needs to be assigned the accountability for this. Someone who is detail oriented, who their strength is ferreting out information and acting quickly on it. Uh, needs to be put in charge of getting the details on this for you and your organization. Number three is, and I've already touched on this a little bit, but your key relationships. You know, medical personnel all over the world are making tough decisions right now. We're in the same position and we have to make some. So you need to take out a piece of paper and make a list of your top 25 business relationships. Maybe you wanna start with five, uh, key ones and expand on that. Those relationships are critical to getting you through the next few months. Who could most utilize uh, your core capabilities? Who could help you think through maybe pivoting in your strategy? Which customers and segments of the economy are surviving and thriving? Which ones are at risk? You know, sit down and put all your thoughts down on paper. This is another way of being extroverted because you're basically having a conversation with yourself and you're getting it out uh, of the ether and getting it down into the solid physical world. And then you want to structure your talk time with the appropriate person around these particular things on your list. Number four, <clears throat> and number four, I've got four leadership points for you. The first one is you need to focus on leadership, not consensus, right? You need to get feedback from everybody that you need to get feedback from, but you will be the one to make the decision. So don't wait for everyone to get on the same page and agree. That's why we need leaders. We need leaders to go into the future, come back to the present and show us the way to go, right? Make sure you have data, make sure you have information, make sure you have feedback, but make sure you make the decision of which way we're going and move people in that direction. Here's the second one hope for the best and plan for the worst. You need to make a plan and you need to start executing it as if you expect the worst to happen. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and um, they were talking about how they felt like a lot of people uh, in the government and in other places that were the decision makers around this whole virus situation are blowing it out of proportion. And I just offered, I said, well, listen, you've got to, uh, figure out the best scenario that could possibly be. And then you absolutely have to go to the worst case scenario. And if you plan for the worst case scenario and that doesn't happen, you will be way far ahead, right? Because it didn't come in quite as bad as you thought, but if it had, you had a plan for it. So your plan would be bigger. If it doesn't come in as bad as you thought, your plan will be bigger than the current situation. And it's always, if you're going to do a SWOT analysis, look at the threats and the weaknesses as if those are really going to do some damage. Uh, number three is keep workers around for the recovery. In the recession back in 08 and 09, you know, a lot of people did very few layoffs. They relied on furloughs and do everything you possibly can to keep your workers around um, because we are going to get through this. There is going to be a recovery. Better days are ahead. 
and you don't want to lose some of your best people because of this. And uh, that economic recovery package may be a help to you if you need a bridge loan or you need some extra cash to help you get through. Uh, and the last one is in a crisis, don't take a bonus. You know, back in 07 and 09, you know, I had a lot of people that I was coaching that they told their uh, workers that the board of directors was going to make that decision of whether or not the leader was going to get a bonus. And that was a big mistake. Uh, I think leaders who step out and say, hey, I'm not going to take a bonus. I'm not going to take anything extra. Uh, we're going to have this around to keep people employed and to keep the company going. So um, I think in a crisis, you probably don't want to dip any further in than you possibly have to. Number five. So we're back to the main points again. Number five, narrow your focus. Right now, you can't see very far down the road, right? And I always use the analogy of headlights on the car. When it's dark outside, the headlights on your car are focused on just what's right in front of you. You can't see a couple of miles down the road. You can't see a couple of miles behind you. You can't see anything on the sides. You can only see what's right in front of your car. So that's kind of where we are today. The only thing you can do is put one foot in front of the other. The only thing you can do when you're driving your car at night is you just follow your headlights and drive into that space that you can see. You keep moving, keep moving, keep moving right? And so your energy is like water. It's going to stagnate and go bad if you're not keeping it moving. So you want to make stuff happen an hour at a time. What's the one thing that I can accomplish next? Take a break. What's the next thing I can accomplish? One hour at a time, five things a day, eight things a day, 10 things a day, whatever you need to do. Like today we filed for these emergency funds. Uh, today, we worked on our crisis communication. Today, we uh, wrote an uh, email or scheduled a conference call. Piece together positive wins, shut off the negative news, turn off the constant uh, bad trauma that's coming in. Uh, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. That's the rule for the media. So just take in the information you need and try to keep the rest of it at bay. Number six, and this might be one of the most important ones right now, is leave time for fun. You know, you want to give yourself permission to have some fun. Go to YouTube, pull up a funny YouTube video. You know, on Facebook videos, I've been watching James Gregory, the funniest man in America. I've been picking out one of his videos every single day, and they're anywhere from a minute to three minutes long of his funniest bits. I just go there and get that injection. Uh, I just liked and followed his feed. And uh, so I get those videos. He's hilarious. Of course, he speaks to me because being from the South, he's from Georgia and he, and he, he's really good, but he kind of keeps my spirits going, right? You want to go for walks. You want to get outside a little bit because we're all quarantined. Doesn't mean you can't take a stroll around the neighborhood. Doesn't mean you can't teach your kids some things. Doesn't mean you can't go out and play some basketball with you and your child out on the driveway. You know, there's, there's plenty of things that you can do uh, to have some fun. And uh, when there's a situation like this and it's pushing in on us, we have the tendency to push back against it. So a negative force is pushing in and you become negative and push back. 
you want to practice some martial arts techniques where you don't want to push back against the negativity or the opponent. You want to just flow, right? And when you leave time for fun, that helps you just flow in a positive direction. And I've got two final words for you in the audience this week. Number one, thanks for everyone, uh, your stay-at-home efforts. These weeks, uh, this week, and the next week, they're telling us now maybe the worst of this whole situation. And here's the thing that I've said from the beginning. Um, the more people who cooperate with this, the more we can stop the spread of this virus. And we have some of the best scientists and the brightest people in the whole world. And they are working very hard to produce a vaccine for this thing. And uh, just relax and know that, that we have some really bright people, more than you possibly can imagine, probably working on a solution uh, for this. So what we can do is just follow the direction that's given to us and manage within the cards that were dealt, right? And the other thing I share with you is I'm in a community of professionals that is led by my friend Peter Diamandis, and it's a really future-focused uh, oriented community. And uh, he just conducted some research this past week. And that research was on when we might have a scientific remedy for this virus. And I'll share some of that with you here. Three optimistic reasons. So there were know, hundreds of thousands of people in this community and they gave their optimism and they gave their pessimism. So the three optimis, uh, optimistic reasons that people came up with were, number one, critical situations require faster than usual approval processes. So there'll probably be less red tape holding this thing up because we need it. Number two, economic pressure and a multitude of vaccine tests. So the fact that we need to stabilize the economy and make sure we preserve our way of life is probably a reason to be optimistic. And then the Food and Drug Administration is removing some of the usual barriers they have in place for drug testing to help speed this along a little bit. I'm sure like most smart people, they've kept the critical elements in place, but some of the barriers have probably been removed that they thought that they could to get this going. The pessimistic answers were number one, even if we can fast track it, <clears throat> it still has to be tested sufficiently for safety. Number two, we need enough time for research and development and human testing to make sure it works. And number three, all of that normally takes more than 18 months on a drug or a vaccine. So most of our community was very optimistic um, and they predicted a vaccine approval date only 8.64 months from now which would be December 19th, which would be the week before Christmas. And if we are right in our optimism, that sure would give us all something to be really thankful about because that would be a great Christmas gift this year. Um, so it could be sooner and it definitely could be later, but December 19th, 2020 is what our group came up with as a prediction for when the vaccine would be approved and ready to go. Well, that's our show today. You hang in there, okay? Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. We're keeping our Twitter feeds hot and heavy for you, uh, giving you uh, lots of optimism, lots of tips, and lots of special stuff. 
be sure and go and find my article on the COVID-19 business leaders checklist. Um, that's out there for you. The Monday morning memo full of that stuff is out there for you too. And you can follow us on Twitter at Tony Richards four and at clear vision DEV. Come join my Facebook community, Tony Richards, speaker, author, coach. And on behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker and chief producer, William Foster, I'm Tony Richards, wishing you nothing but the best in these troubling times and reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.